2: So the trial for Michelle Traconis was supposed to start on Monday and uh, because of some jury selection issues, it's now scheduled to start according to reports on Thursday. Obviously this has to do with the presumed death and disappearance of Jennifer Dulos back in 2019. And she was the significant other of the husband, Fotis Dulos who basically killed himself and you know, as I talked about earlier, you know, from my time, you know, in television, whether it's marathon bombings or stories like this, you know, the good TV stations tend to put one or two people they really trust, especially around the courtroom, to do these stories. And for NBC Connecticut, my, I'm, I'm an alum, uh, Shannon Miller was on the story, and she's, she's now been named the morning anchor at NBC Connecticut, but during, during the trial, she probably was there every single day for a long, long time, and she joins us now on Brian and Company. Shannon, good morning. How are you?
0: Hey, good morning, Brian. I'm good. How are you doing?
2: I'm good. How's the uh, First of all, congratulations on the new post.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes, my alarm clock is, wait, alarm clock, plural. Uh, now set for the early mark from here on out.
2: <laughs> I actually think that, you know, I did it with Keisha over there from, oh, I think, 2003 yeah. to 2007 maybe. But, I mean, for me, it wasn't the winter that was tough. It's the summer, Yes. It, because yeah. because like I found myself like chugging a glass of wine at like whatever <laughs> time to try to, but I, it never got, it never got easy. So I, I yeah. my hat's off to you.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate that.
2: And listen, so this, this case is not, I mean, this is not a, a happy thing to talk about. It's such a difficult story. Uh, it was supposed to go Monday, but it's going to be delayed. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just fairly, really curious. We had just moved back to Connecticut when this all happened. I guess I'll start with something a little like macro. Like, are we going to find out the truth ever? Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. I, I think that's that's the million dollar question. And, and ever since I started covering this, it's like, obviously, number one, where is Jennifer all these years later? And, you know, if there could be something, anything, you know, a bone fragment, something like that, that, you know, investigators could find that could help bring some sort of closure to this story, especially for her family. I think that's you know what what holds on to people the most i think the biggest question for you know this trial is if michelle draconis knew anything about this alleged you know plan by her boyfriend Fotis Dulos to kill his estranged wife if she did know anything you know when when was that what was the time frame um investigators are heavily focused on these interviews that they had with her early on that she, you know, volunteered to, to have with them. Um, They went to her to talk because FOTUS wasn't cooperating at all with them. So, you know, I think that was their, you know, initial hope was that they could get some answers from her. Um, And she maintains that she did not know anything about this plan. Um, She had nothing to do with it. So I think you know the question really is going to be: Do do we learn new information from this trial, which can better help paint a picture about you know if in fact at all she did, she did know anything about it leading up to it, which again she maintained she she knew nothing.
2: Right, and the allegations are that they coordinated it so they could go off and be together. I guess, but I, you know we're talking with Shannon Miller from NBC Connecticut. At first, I'm sitting here this morning thinking about it and reading about it, and I'm like, well, he's gone, so maybe mm-hmm. she could just if there was something if there's a there there she could come clean but now I'm listening to you it's like he's gone so there's nobody that could counter any claim she makes so if she, she says she mm-hmm. knows nothing there's no evidence out there that could could counter that right
0: right it's it's you know again back to those interrogation videos and what they're going to show the jury is you know they they question her quite a bit on the morning of this, Jennifer's disappearance um was photos even you know, at the home, can she recall if he was at, you know, their home and when they woke up together that morning and she, according to investigators, you know, changes the story on the three interviews that she had with them. Oh yeah, he was home and then, you know, maybe he wasn't, I don't know. I think that's where, you know, the state's going to try to say she was flipping her story, but you know, you got to, in her defense, remember, this is someone who voluntarily spoke with investigators. She claims there was a bit of a language barrier and that the questions. Um, or her statements that were given to them, if you look at the arrest warrant, you know, are written with kind of like ellipses and and pauses that maybe make it appear that there was some hesitation in her answers. But the jury's going to watch all those videos, you know, play out and make that that decision for themselves if she was trying to, you know, lead investigators into casting any doubt to any sort of possible involvement. Hmm.
2: We're talking with Shannon Miller, who's the morning anchor at NBC Connecticut with obviously my man Bob Max uh, listen I, I have a couple <laughs> I have a couple quick questions here about is she in custody during this whole or this whole thing or is she be able, able to be home
0: Yeah so she's been um, released I you know she's arrested three separate times and she was able to make bond in all three of those arrests. The state had her under GPS monitoring for quite some time. Um, she was under house arrest initially here in Connecticut her family is in Miami and she um, shares custody with a daughter who lives in Colorado. So since she was released from, you know, the state's kind of hold on her and, and where she was able to go and travel, um, she has since been in Miami um, with her family since then. So she's expected to you know, be here throughout the duration of the trial and we're expected to see her, her family uh, alongside with her.
2: You know i the other thing I don't and again, I came into this story, you know, I was just moving back here when this stuff happened, so I, what about the the biggest there's so many tragedies here, but obviously the children uh do we mm-hmm. i mean they're they're being protected, I'm sure, but any knowledge of like where they are and who's, yeah. who's taking care of them
0: yeah, so their their grandmother, Jennifer mom has um been taking care of them um ever since her disappearance um she lives in New York city and I understand that, you know, from the family spokesperson, that considering everything that's happened, that they are doing remarkably well. Um, you know, their their entire family was thrust out, their parents' faces, you know, thrust out into the headlines and their names and faces all across the world. Um, that's what we really come back to, you know, what's the long-term impact of all of this? And that's those, you know, five children of hers, um, you know, and and how their lives will be forever changed. But um, from what I hear from the family spokesperson, they're doing remarkably well considering everything that's happened.
2: Hmm. We're talking with Shannon Miller from NBC Connecticut. You know, journalistically, I'm curious, these, you know, whether it's TV or print, is this a kind of story where you basically can only go on in some ways the trials make it, makes it journalistically more dynamic. I, have you only had information that's been strictly controlled or have you been, is there an ability to do a little more investigative side of this? It's not, it seems like it's just very limited information that's tightly controlled.
0: Yeah. So I think, you know, there have, the arrest warrants have been released. I got a hold of the search warrants that were released um, a couple years ago, but I think, you know, what we're going to learn more from is obviously from, you know, who ends up taking this down. I got a, a copy of the witness list that the state prosecutors um, submitted to the court for the jurors, potential jurors, to read. It's 200 plus names of um, wow. family members, friends, associates of Jennifer Dulos, Fotis Dulos, Michelle Traconis, along with um, a litany of law enforcement from state police, New Canaan police, and other municipal. Agencies across the state. So, I think what we're going to start to hear play out is going to be, um, you know, from a lot of that witness testimony um, and what exactly, you know, other parts uh, people may have had or knowledge that people may have had in this case. But, yeah, I think the biggest question, too, you know, is another point that was brought up, too, um, in the suppression hearings was the potential for other parties that may have not been named in this that could have had a part as well. So, and that's not even anywhere close to, you know, uh, coming to fruition as far as any more charges or any more arrests being made. They've got to handle this case first, but I think there's still a cloud of mystery over this case. And I think a lot of people are going to be really interested to see what plays out in court. And that's why we really wanted to take a chance to, you know, with our streaming capabilities now to bring this live to our viewers throughout the entire process. So, If you've got Roku or, um, local now or wherever you stream ABC Connecticut news, you'll be able to watch the trial live throughout the duration. Yeah. So it's expected to last several weeks. Um, we're also going to be doing a show, um, each day, um, for the first uh, couple days of the trial leading up to, um, the, the start of the trial, which starts at 10 a.m. Every day with legal analysis, we've got a DNA
2: expert coming on. Are you Um, going to host that?
0: Yeah, I'm hosting that. Um, it's, it'll be at 9 a.m., um. During the first few days, we're going to be hearing from um, Brian Foley coming on. He used to be with Connecticut State Police and yep. really was the point person in all of this, you know, getting the information out.
2: All right. So you can go to NBCConnecticut.com for the streaming. 9 a.m. Is that starting on Monday or is is that going to start on Thursday? How's yeah, it?
0: we're we're hoping to start on Thursday. Of course, you know how how uh, court goes. There's a lot of changes, and um, you know, with the changes with that alternate juror that they're hoping to get picked and seated uh, before Thursday.
2: So, listen, do, do you mind? Will you come on again once the trial gets going? I would love to check yeah. back in. Okay,
0: I love to. I love chatting about the case. It's been interesting for me as a reporter. It's been the most exciting and challenging story I have covered in my career, and it just it continues yeah. years later.
2: It's one of those things where, as a journalist, you got to separate it. There's whenever, even if there's tragedy from a journalistic perspective, there's, you know, those things are, those are the stories that you get into the business for, which seems strange, but it's, it's often very true. Hey, listen, have a great rest of your day. Have a great weekend.
0: Thanks. Thanks, Brian. You too.